But I, I want to do something. Before I jump into this, these guys do not know I'm going to do this. Uh, but Robert, you just keep on walking. You come on up here to the stage. Pastor Rod, Rod, Rod if you will come up to the stage with me just for a moment. Uh, like I said, they don't know I'm going to do this. Um, come on, come on. Yeah, act like you've been up here before. Come on. I, I was sitting in my truck last night and um, looking over my sermon. I know that sermon, I know that sounds odd sitting in my truck, but um, when you have a house full of three kids, you just go wherever you can get quiet time. Uh, but I was sitting in my truck, listening to some music, reading over my sermon, and I thought this time last year, or almost this time last year, um, I was here by myself um, as the only pastor here. And, um, and, and I didn't understand, you know, COVID had, had, was really running rampant and, and just a lot of uncertainty. And, um, and I just began to thank God last night right by myself in my truck for these two guys right here. Uh, because in a year's time, uh, God has blessed us with a lead pastor that loves the Lord. Your pastor loves the Lord and he loves you. He's led us to Robert. Robert came here as a worship pastor, discipleship pastor. And guys, I want to say this. We as a staff love you. And, I, and I'm not saying, hey, look at us, but I just want to give God honor and praise this morning for what he is doing in the life of our church at Sherall First Baptist. So I, I'm thankful for you. And uh, October the 4th last year, or October 4th this year, uh, Pastor Rod has been here with us a year. Uh, so man, we're thankful for that as well. Hey, we kept him a year. <laughs> Don't run him off now. I'm just kidding. But hey, we're good to have him. Good to have you, man. Hey, love you guys. Glad I get to do ministry with you guys in life, but uh, you can be seated now. But so thankful for them. Thankful for what God, again, is doing in the life of our, our church. And as you know, we have been in this growth track series. Um, if this is your first Sunday, I want to encourage you. I've got a couple people uh, that is spread out between the congregation. If you do not have worksheets to go along with the Bible study today or the teaching today, I want you to slip your hand up, and somebody's going to bring you a booklet uh, for this week's teaching so you can follow along, along with us. Just slip your hand up and we got a couple people walking around that will give you uh, a worksheet. And I encourage you to go through the worksheet with us. Uh, but we have been in this uh, series called The Growth Track. Uh, gather, give, or gather, grow, give, and, and, and go. And, and now we have learned uh, about gathering with the body of Christ, the importance of that, uh, growing into the image of Christ, and giving to the work of Christ. And it's time today for us to look at the last step. And church, it should be an ongoing step uh, for us in this discipleship journey. And that is to go with the message of Christ. This last step leads us to the reason, listen, our church even exists. This leads us to the reason why you and I even exist today. Pastor Robert and I were joking this past week. If you've been here over the last three weeks... Hey, you have got to the buffet a little bit late because we have been extended just a little bit because we're doing things just a little bit different. We're preaching, we're teaching, we're going through these booklets, and uh, us pastoral staff um, has a little competition of who can go the longest. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're, we don't have a competition, but uh, I'll try not to keep you long today, but I do want to go through this material and, and teach what, what God has placed uh, in front of us today. So I want to jump right into your booklets today. So if you'll turn to the first page of, of Go, uh, Go with the Message of Christ. Um, church, I want you to know that it is a, a passion of mine. Uh, I'm going to try to work this clicker. Uh, a passion of mine to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that it is a passion of yours to go share the message of Jesus with the ones around you. So the first question that I want to answer in your booklet or us as a staff, as a church, want to answer for you is why are we here? Why are we here? In looking at this idea of going with the message of Christ, we must first understand why we are even, even here. And this may be something that you have asked or maybe even something that you are considering now. Why are we here? Why am I even, even here? Well, as a staff, we want to answer that the best that we can for you today. So as you look at number one in your workbook, why are we here? We are on mission. We are on mission. You will not see this in your handout, but I want to share this with you. Research shows that 75% of America is not churched. 75%. That means that even if many of our friends call themselves Christians, nearly 35, get this number right here, 35,000 people that live here in Chesterfield County are not a part of a church. 
Even if that number was high for our Bible belt, that still means that thousands of people around us are not gathering to worship God. They're not growing in their faith and are possibly not even saved. And guess what? They are headed to a place called hell. So in thinking about what uh, I just read, remember that we are, as a church, we are on mission. We are here because of our love for Jesus Christ, our love for one another. One of my uh, favorite passages, uh, Jesus gives us the two greatest commandments in the New Testament. He says, love the Lord your God. I share this with our students all the time because I believe this is something that we need to live by. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. Church, listen to me. I I love our, our church's mission. You may not know what that is or fully understand what that is, but I think it's biblical. And honestly, I think it should be the mission for for every church and every believer. And if you're not sure what that is, you can look on the screen with me this morning. Our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus through intentional relationships. Through loving God and loving people, through intentionally building relationships, through leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, we want to display God's greatness to the world around us. How many believe that God is great? Amen. How many believe that God is great? Amen. God God is great, and we as a church, our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus through intentional relationships. We want to display God's greatness to the world around us. And honestly, church, this comes from Jesus' great commission. Many of us have heard the great commission, Matthew chapter 28. Many of us could quote this. But Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So why are we here? We We are on mission. The second thing in your handout, spreading the gospel Spreading the gospel is the primary reason we exist. Spreading the gospel is the primary reason we exist. We do many things as a church, uh, but, but our main goal is to share the gospel story with the ones around us. Can I ask you this morning on a personal level, your, your, your life, when was the last time you shared the gospel with a friend? I was sitting on the couch last night and asked my wife, same question. I said, when was the last time you shared the gospel with a friend? When was the last time you shared the gospel with a co-worker? I hope all my co-workers are saved. We hope so. Um, but when was the last time that you have shared the gospel with a co-worker? When was the last time you shared the gospel with a lost family member? If I was to go around and ask, how many of you have a lost family member? Many of us, probably all of us, could raise our hand. When was the last time on a personal level? When was the last time you shared the gospel with a family member. Church, spreading the gospel is the primary reason that we exist. Isaiah chapter 12, 4 and 5, it says, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let it, let it be made known in all of the earth. The third thing you see, our focus is on people and not stuff. Now, I could preach on this one all day long. Listen to me, church. Jesus did not come and die on a cross so that you and I could have material things. Y'all with me this morning? Jesus did not come and die for the sins of the world so that we could could have stuff. But Jesus came and he died so that every person that places their faith in him could have eternal life. Listen, I believe I'm afraid that Christians too often, churches too often, we lose our focus because we get caught up in material things. We get caught up in, 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 in stuff. Church, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm grateful. Listen to me. I, 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 I am grateful and I am thankful and I'm sure I speak for our staff that, that I am, uh, we are blessed with the resources that we have at this church. We are blessed with the resources. God has blessed us with a great uh, facility. God has blessed us with great equipment and technology. And the list goes on and on and on. But no matter what we have or what we will build, church, our focus is always on people whom Christ died for. Amen? Let me ask you this morning on a personal level, and you'll hear that a lot this morning, on a personal level, because we're, we're talking about our church and who we are as a church, but I want you to examine your own life. So let me ask you on a personal level, where's your focus? Where's your focus? Is it on people? Is it on lost people dying and going to hell? 
Are you more focused on, on stuff? Are you more focused on material, material things? Listen, Jesus himself didn't come for buildings. Jesus himself did not come for more material possessions. He didn't come for personal preferences, uh, personal opinions, or personal gain. But, but Jesus came, listen to Luke 19 and 10, tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came for you and I. Jesus came to seek and to, to save lost sinners like, like you and me. Jesus came for the sake of, of people. And I want you to understand this morning, our desire as a staff here at Sherall First Baptist, our desire as a church is to focus on people and not stuff. Y'all with me this morning? I encourage you on a personal level, never be focused on stuff more than we are, more than we are people. Moving right along in your workbook, number four, in answering this question, why are we here? We are Jesus to the world. This is probably one of my, one of my favorites, but we are, we are Jesus to the world. I told you I'm, I'm dragging. I had somebody back there, thank you, giving me a cue to, to click the screen there, Robert. We are Jesus to the, to the world. We know Jesus is no longer physically here, but guess what? We are. We are, we are here. And I love uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, it says that you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify or give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Church, I hope you understand this morning as followers of Jesus Christ, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, as part of, of, of the body of Christ, as part of this family here at Sherall First Baptist, we have a purpose. We have a, we have a purpose, and biblically we can answer that question, why are we here. Number one, we're on mission. Number two, spreading the gospel is the primary reason we exist. Number three, our focus is on people and not stuff. And four, we are Jesus to the world. How many believe we live in a dark, dark world? Amen. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and we are to be the light of the world. So we've answered a very important question, why are we here? And the second thing you see in your hand, handout moving right along is where is our church going? Where is our church church going. Listen, I'm thankful that God has allowed us, has allowed Sherall First Baptist Church to accomplish many great kingdom building things over the last 200 plus, plus years. I know I've only been here for a short time, almost December be three years that my family and I have been here and God has allowed us to do many, many things for the kingdom since we've been here. But we want to go further. We want to reach more people for the gospel. We want to share the love of, of Jesus with, with more people. So where are we trying to go? Maybe you're new here at this church, or maybe you're, you're here, you've been here for a long time, but you don't fully understand where we're going with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in looking at where we're going, I want to share with you this morning, first in your handout, we will take the gospel everywhere. How many, how many agree with that? We will take the gospel everywhere. I think the gospel is not something that we do or a trip that we take, but, but the gospel should walk with us and, and go with us, and it should be an everyday thing in our lives. We will take the gospel everywhere. Anywhere there is an unchurched or unreached people, that is where we want to go. That's where we want to go. Jesus gave us a direction for our mission in Acts 1 and 8. Very familiar uh, verse. It says, uh, Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Church, I want you to know as a staff and as a church, we want to do everything we can to represent an Acts 1-8 church. We want to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the, the earth. Are you still with me this morning? Amen. So where does that start? Continuing in your workbook, where does that start? The second thing, we reach our city and our county. We reach our city in our, our county. Church, understand me, when we look at this idea of going with the message of Christ, it starts in this city. It starts in, in this city. It starts by loving those in this town and in this county. It starts by sharing the gospel with the people in this town and in this community. I want to ask you a question. I, I, I didn't come up with this. I wish I would have. But I've heard this asked, and I shared this with Pastor Rod and Pastor Robert this week. I heard this question asked about another church. Listen to this. If we were to shut the doors, if we were to shut the doors, if we decided to tear this place down, there would be no more Sherall First Baptist. Let me ask you this. Would the ones in this city even notice? 
If we were to lock the doors, if we were to, this church was to, to no longer exist, would it even affect the ones in our neighborhood? Would they even, would they even notice? Church, we hope and pray that we are making a difference in this community. I hope on a personal level that every day of your life you are trying to go with the message of Christ and you're trying to make a difference wherever God leads you. Our desire as a staff is to reach our city and to reach our county for the sake of Jesus Christ. Just to give you an idea of some of the local things that you may not know, some of the local things that we do right now as a church or we take part in and you can take part in as well. Ways that we are trying to share the gospel of Jesus, share the love of Christ. And first, it starts through our Sunday services, outreach events, service projects, investing in our schools. Just this past week, God gave us an awesome opportunity. A former teacher passed away, and, and we were able to go in, and we were able to love on some grieving students. Investing in our schools. Supporting local businesses such as Mercy and Me Clinic, Lois McLaurin Food Bank, Connie Maxwell Children's Home, Good Samaritan Colony, and collaborating with our churches through the Chesterfield Baptist Association. Church, we are and desire to continue to pour out the love of Jesus in our city, in our county, any way that we can. The third thing you see in your handout, we affect our state and our nation. We affect our state and our nation. Not only do we want to go with the message of Christ in our city and in our county, we also want to affect our state and our nation. Just to give you a little bit of how we do that now, we do that through supporting the South Carolina Baptist Convention through the, the Janie uh, Chapman offering, the North American Mission Board through the Annie Armstrong offering, soon to be in-state disaster relief, which I'm super excited about, Church at the Well Everett, Massachusetts, the One Church, or One Church Comarillo in Puerto Rico, and and more. One of our biggest, um, one of our biggest uh, supporters or one of the, the biggest partnerships that we have right now is the, many of you know, is the Poulsen family. If you don't know him, just a few years ago, our church, Sheraw First Baptist, sent Joe Poulsen, uh, which served on staff here, but sent him and his family to Everett, Massachusetts to plant a church. And it's called Church at the Well Everett. And I've got a short clip from Joe that I want you to watch this morning. I'm going to start that over. There you go. Uh-oh. I promise you we got a partnership with Joe. Hang on. <laughs> we ready? All right. Hey, First Baptist Church, this is go. Joe in Everett, Massachusetts. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being our sending church, for sending us here uh, on the mission field in the greater Boston area. You know, this is one of the least churched regions in the entire country. This is one of the least Christian regions in the entire country. It's also one of the most densely populated regions in the country. And so we are, we're grateful. We, we are so thankful for you, for your partnership, for your support, for sending people here to help, for your prayers. For, for the financial support that we get, we literally could not survive without you. So I just want to thank you, tell you that we love you, um, and we're grateful that you are such a kingdom-minded, mission-focused church, and, and that your generosity is seeing the gospel spread in, in, such, in a place that needs it so, so much. So thank you, and I hope that I get to see you all really, really soon. Amen. Amen. So thankful for the Poulsen family and thankful that we as a church can take part in affecting our nation and, and uh, from supporting Joe and his family. And another close partnership, uh, one dear to my heart, we have here at Shaw First Baptist is Pastor Jorge uh, from One Church Comorio in Puerto Rico. And uh, back in 2017, God began to form a relationship uh, with Pastor Jorge and this church family, and we love him. And actually, uh, we are taking a small team. At 2 a.m. in the morning, we will leave this church, and we are taking a small team of guys up to Puerto Rico uh, in an airplane. We're not driving. That's not possible. And we're not boating, uh, but we are flying uh, to Puerto Rico on a mission trip. But I have a, I have a short uh, clip from Pastor Jorge as well. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jorge Santiago from One Church Comerio. My family and our church send you greetings from here, from the island of Puerto Rico. And in, on behalf of One Church Comerio, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers and your generosity, which are a sign of your love for Jesus Christ and his church. 
I also want to inform you that our church has been putting every financial effort to complete a new construction, a new construction building that will give us the opportunity to create more Bible studies and also at the same time the ability to grow in number as we make more disciples. We are very excited to see God at work and it's a privilege to join him and just be a little part of the big work God is doing worldwide. We serve an amazing, gracious, loving God that is faithful and count every act of obedience as a love for him and love for our neighbors. We are very excited to receive the group that you guys are sending to Puerto Rico and we can't wait to see the progress that God will bring through that. Thank you so much. Please continue praying for us and continue praying for the, la for the, for the work of God here in Comarillo, in His church and through His church. God bless you all. Amen. Church, I'm so thankful that we can, as a church, not to give us, not for people to look at us, but for people to honor and glorify God, that we have the opportunity to go with the message of Christ and help in places like Puerto Rico, help in places like Boston. You may never... Step foot in Boston. You may never step foot in, in Puerto Rico, but know that your church, and we're going to give you some, some areas that you can, you can uh, get involved later in this message, but know that your church is going with the message of Christ. And we're not only affecting our city and our county, but we want to affect our state and our, and our nation. Number four in your handout, we invest in global missions. I, want to, uh, I won't spend a lot of time on this one, but... but um, but you may say, well, how do we do that? How do we invest in, in global, global missions? Well, let me share that with you. Church, we invest in global missions with the International Mission Board through the Lottie Moon Offering, Operation Christmas Child, and other global missions we are pursuing. Supporting South Carolina Baptist Missions and partnering with other like-minded ministries for the sake of the gospel is a way we model generosity as a church. And I won't say too much about it, but know behind the scenes, um, myself and our pastor, really our pastor, um, is working on a relationship and a partnership uh, in Romania. So hopefully in the future, uh, we, are, we will be, have a partnership there uh, globally in, in Romania and looking forward uh, to that. But there, there are two models that I want you to look at uh, right here on the screen, uh, Model A and, and, and Model B. Model A is uh, inward focused and, and Model B is is outward focused and and on a personal level look at these two pictures and 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 which one are you ask yourself which one are you are you are you inward focused or are you are you outward focused on a daily basis are you more focused on you and and yourself or are you model B more focused on others than yourself can I challenge you to be model B can I challenge you as an individual? Can I challenge you as a church? Can I challenge you as a follower of Christ to be Model B? Because reality, church, listen to this, reality is not about us. Amen? Listen, this is bigger than us. This is what we do um, uh, worshiping together in our church and, and the places we get to go. It is, it is bigger than us. It is bigger than Sheral First Baptist. And it is not about me, but it's about, it's about Jesus. It's about everything that he has done for, for us and everything that he allows us to do. Listen, church, Jesus himself did not come for the sake of himself, but he came for the sake of others. Even Jesus was not inner focused, but he was, he was outward, outward focused. So I hope you know that our desire as a staff, as we continue through our workbook, our desire as a staff, our desire is to stay is not to stay in the four walls, but it's to, it's to get out. We want to be the church, take church out and put Sherall First Baptist in that circle. We want to be outward focused. We don't want to be worried about uh, all about ourselves, but we want to go outside and go with the message of Christ. I hope you know that our desire as a staff to do that. Our desires as a church is, is to do that and know that we are taking every effort not to be inward, but to be, to be outward. So where is our church going? We take the gospel everywhere. We reach our city and our county. We affect our state and our nation. And we invest in global missions. Also, church, in a way, God has brought, listen to this, God has brought the world to us. God has brought the world to us. We live in a country where people from all over the world, from different cultures, live in our own neighborhoods. These are the missions that our church is doing as a whole. But we cannot forget that every individual, listen to this, every individual, every follower of Christ 
makes up the church and is also called to go with the message of Christ. As an individual follower of Jesus Christ, in what ways can each of us go? Let me answer that for you in your, in your handout. How can, we, how can we go? Number one, pray for our church to reach more people for the gospel. Man, how easy is that? Y'all with me? How, how, how easy is that? Church, I love this first thing because pray for the church to reach more people for the gospel. Listen, no matter how old you are, no matter uh, uh, how educated you are, no matter how healthy you are, no matter what you look like or, or what you smell like or what side of town you came from or who you're married to, no matter if you've been a Christian for 100 years, if you've only been a Christian for a year, you can pray. Y'all with me? You can, you, can, you can pray. I've made this comment about my life many times. If I can't do anything else, Miss Diane, I can pray. If I can't do nothing else, Richard, I can, I can, I can pray. You can pray for your church to reach more people for the gospel, to go and reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus said, pray like this, Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord, listen to this, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into the harvest field. Listen, it is it's biblical. It says, ask the Lord. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. How can we all go? Number one, we can pray for our church to reach more people for the gospel. If you can't do nothing else, you can, you can pray. Number two, you can accept our personal or your personal responsibility in the mission. How can we go accept our personal responsibility in the mission? You can participate in the in the local church or in a local outreach. You can go on a short-term or, or long-term mission trip. You can give to support others uh, that are going on, on mission trips. Listen, while our church has a, a legacy of, of, of generosity, sending pastors and missionaries and, and leaders and church planners around the world, God wants to use all of us to reach, to reach others. God wants to use all of us to reach others for the sake of of the gospel. Listen to me when I say this. God surely doesn't need us, but hear me when I say this. He surely wants to use us. God, God doesn't need us. He's God. Okay? He, he doesn't need us, but hear me when I say, church, He surely wants to use. He wants to use us. No matter who you are, God wants, and listen, God can. You may be sitting in your chair today and say, well, God can't use me. I'm too bad, or I've got too bad of a past, or, or I'm not brave enough. Listen, God will and can and wants to use you if you will step forward and allow him to do so. Amen? Luke 14 and 23 says, Go out and compel people to come in that my house may be full. Now, I'm not going to get into a bunch of detail about this, but I went. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. If you hang out with me long enough, you'll find out that, okay? But I went and looked up this word compel in the dictionary, and I, I and looked up other words for this word, and you can do it on your own time, because this is it'll be a debate for today. But another word for that is urge people to come in. Man, it actually used force and, and make and, and all this other kind of stuff. We won't get into that today. But another word for compel is to urge people to come in. Luke 14 and, and 23, it says, Go out and compel, urge people to come in that my house may be, may be filled. Listen, I long for the day. I'm not foolish to think that everybody has come back from COVID. You know, there's a lot of people that are still worshiping at home, and that's their choice, and we love you, and we're thankful that you are watching with us today. But, man, I long for the day, Mr. Franken, to see the church house packed. Not for me, not for Sheryl First Baptist, but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to go out, and I want to, as a Christian, I want to go out and compel. I want to urge people to come in so that God's house can be filled. How can we all go? Number one, we can pray. Number two, we can accept a personal responsibility in the mission. Number three, let your life be a witness. Let your life be a witness. Robert, this really could be like a 10-week series, Pastor Rod, because all these points, man, we could preach a whole sermon on. But we not, we not. We're getting out of here. Let your life be a witness. Reality Church, there are some people, listen to this, there are some people that will never come to a church service. There are some people that would never come to a church service, and whether you realize it or not, you can make a difference in someone's life for the gospel just in the way that you live your life.
Just in the way that you live your life, from the time you get out of the bed to the time you lay your head down at night, you can make a difference just in the way you live your life. So knowing that we will never, there are some or many that will never come to a church service, we can and must take church to them. Let your life be a witness. Listen, on a personal level, as I've said many times, I encourage you to let your actions be an example of what God can do in someone's life. Let your words be an example of what God can do in someone's life. Let the way that you treat people be an example of what God can do in someone's life. I encourage you to let your attitudes be an example of what God can do in someone's life. Church, I tell our students all the time, listen to this, all the time, the best example you can give to what God can do in someone's life is the way that you live your life. Is the example that you said. I tell our students the best way you can share the love of Jesus, to share the gospel, share what God can do in someone's life is the way that you live your own life. Let your life be a witness. The way that you talk, the way that you act, the way you treat others, the way you handle adversity, the way you encourage others, the way you love others. Believe me when I say this, your life can be the greatest witness for Jesus Christ. Mr. Davis Hines, when you go, and I just picked on you because you're the first one I looked at. When you go to your job, let your life be a witness for Jesus Christ. Miss Diane, when you're, I, I, I know you're retired, and you're probably enjoying retirement, but you have your grandkids, right, and your family. Let that be an example. Let your life be a witness for those that you come in, in contact with. Richard, a band director, my brother-in-law, love him to death. He loves the Lord. Let your life be a witness to every student that you come in contact with. And I'm not just picking on people. I just, whoever I looked at, that's who I called on. Let your life be a witness to everybody that you come in contact with. On a personal level, I want to ask you, and I asked my wife this as well last night sitting on the couch. I said, is your life helping or hurting your witness for Jesus Christ? On a personal level, guys, think about that. Let's, let's get out of our workbooks for a minute, okay? And let's just think about that question. Is the way that you live your life on an everyday basis, the people you come in contact with, the way that you act, the way that you talk, the things that you do, is it helping or is it hurting your witness for Jesus Christ? I never, church, I never, and I know I make mistakes often, often, but I never want anything I do or anything I say to ever affect a decision that someone would make to follow Christ. I never would want to say anything that would keep anybody from wanting to come to church, wanting somebody to come to, to this church. Listen, I want everything I say to give honor and glory to God. But I ask myself this in my study time, and I'm asking you today. Is your life helping or is it hurting your witness for Jesus Christ? Something to ask. I love Romans 10 and 14. It says, how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? How can we all go? Number one, we can pray for a church to reach more people for the gospel. Two, we can accept the personal responsibility in the mission. Three, we can let our life be a witness. And number four, we can start a conversation. Now, I know many of y'all, if you know me, you know I like to talk. My wife says I can have a conversation with anybody, a dog, a chicken, a, a pig, whatever it is. I can start a conversation. Whether they listen, whether they talk back. Sometimes I talk to Pastor Rod 100 miles an hour, and sometimes I wonder if he's getting everything I'm saying because I talk so much. But I love to talk, and I love to start a conversation. But one way that, that we can all go is to, to start a conversation. You may say, well, well, how do I do that? It can be as simple. I want you to look at this graph. It may be in your book, because I think it is. Um, but look at this up on the screen or in your books. It is as simple as sitting down with someone to hear their story and tell them the gospel story. The three-circle approach is one short way to illustrate. God's design for our lives was messed up by sin leading to our soul's brokenness. For us to move past our brokenness, we must repent from our sin and believe the gospel. When we believe in Jesus, salvation causes us to recover God's design and to begin to pursue Him. Start a conversation. We, we did a series with our students last year, and I entitled it Conversation Starters. And through that whole series, we taught our students ways that they could start a conversation to be able to one day be able to share the gospel with whoever they came in contact with. Start a conversation. One easy way you can go with the message of Christ 
to start a conversation. The fifth thing in your handout you'll see is, is give a personal invitation. Ask a friend to come to worship. Ask a friend to come to a small group. Invite them to your home for a meal. When's the last time you invited somebody in your home for a meal? I'm thankful. I don't even know if they're here, but Elizabeth and Scott Carter. We all go to the same church and we're Christ followers, but they invited us to our house a few Friday nights ago, and we had breakfast, pancakes and, and biscuits, and, and I could keep on talking. It was good. Grits and all kind of good stuff, and we played games, and we had a good time. But they invited us into our home and just loved on us just a little bit. When was the last time you invited someone into your home? When was the last time you invited somebody to church? When was the last time you invited somebody to a small group? Listen, I know sometimes in a bigger church like this, I'm going to pick on my wife just a little bit, but when we first started coming here, my wife was always a part of a smaller church. So it was really overwhelming for her to come in, and at that time, 275, 300 people a Sunday were in here. And it's hard to get to know people. It's hard to build relationships. It's hard to, because there's so many people. But I encourage you, if you get overwhelmed about being in a big group, get involved in a small group to where you can do life together, Right? So if you're a part of a small group and you know somebody that's not a part of a small group, hey, give them a personal invitation. Invite them to a small group. Listen, I like doing small groups because sometimes I feel a little more comfortable about being honest in a smaller group than I do in a bigger group. On Wednesday nights, we break our students up in small groups. Right now we're doing, it's not really small groups because we're doing boys and girls. So Beth takes the girls and she teaches them and I take the guys and we teach them. Listen, there's some times that we can talk about things that we wouldn't talk about in front of girls. Sometimes there's things that the girls may talk about that they may not talk about in front of the guys. But that's the advantage of a small group, of getting together, doing life together, just sharing life together, sharing with each other's struggles and, and things that they are facing. Church, a great example we see in Scripture of how God can use us to reach others is when Jesus called Andrew, who in turn brought his brother to Jesus. As a result, Peter also followed Jesus. That's in John 1, 40 and 2. We see Andrew, and I think it may be shortened in your book, found his own brother and brought him to Jesus. Can I encourage you to give a personal invitation to someone that you may know? Maybe a co-worker, maybe a family member, maybe just somebody randomly. There's another image in your book, and, and Robert likes to call this the baseball diamond example, and I like that because I like baseball. Braves won last night, even the series up 1-1. I don't know if we've got any Braves fans in here, but uh, I love baseball. So we can look at it like a baseball diamond. If you don't know baseball, guess what? You start at home plate, which is four right there, okay? But when you get a hit, you go to one. You go to first base, you go to second base, third base, and you, and you go back, back home. But after you go around the bases, instead of stopping, we can find someone else and invite them to go around with us and follow us as we follow Christ. So we looked at gathering with the body of Christ. We looked at growing into the image of Christ. We looked at giving for the sake of Christ. And four, going with the message of, of Christ. Going with the message of Christ. Church, that is how we can become a disciple maker. That's how we can become a disciple maker. How can we all go? We can pray. We can accept personal responsibility. Let your life be a witness. You can start a conversation. You can give a personal invitation. You still with me? Say amen. No, that was most of you. I'll take it. As we are all striving, listen, as we're all striving to gather, grow, give, and go together, we are always looking to discover and develop more people to serve in our congregation as leaders. So as we're getting close to the end, all right, it ain't the end, but we're getting close of our workbooks, let's answer this last question in our workbooks. That ain't Jesus. Hang it up. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. I'm sorry. I don't know who that was if phone rang, but I've always wanted to say that. So, <laughs> if it's Jesus, let me talk to him. So, as we come to the close at your, hand, at your workbooks, um, let's answer this question. Who can lead in our church? You may be sitting in your, in your chair and you're thinking, man, I can't lead in a church like this. I can't, I can't do this, can't do that. But who can lead in our church? Let me tell you, uh, good, healthy leadership is important if our church is going to succeed in the mission we have set out to accomplish. But leadership may not be what you think. I'll go through these quickly. But in your workbooks, 
Let me give you just a few details about the leadership in our church. Number one, leadership is about influence. Leadership is about influence. It's not about title. Y'all with me? It's not about title. It's not about being out front. Churches is all about finding ways to impact whoever we come in contact with. 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, it says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Number one, leadership is about influence. Number two, leading in God's kingdom is done through service. Leading in God's kingdom is done through service. Whether it is leading a weekly team, a ministry, a small group, or the whole church, we are called to lead as Jesus led by being the greatest servant we can be. Leading in God's kingdom is done through service. I want you to listen to this. I was just telling, I don't even know if he's here, but I was just telling Kip Kaiser yesterday. I served under a pastor for about seven years before coming to this church. And, and many of you may know him. He's local, but Pastor Donnie, Donnie Driggers. And, and something he, he lived out and something he instilled in me was to be the greatest servant you could be. Something he lived out, something he instilled in me to be is to be the greatest servant that you can be. Listen, that, whether that was preaching, whether that was teaching, whether that was working, whether that was sweeping the floor or cleaning the toilet, he taught me to be willing to do anything and everything as if you were doing it for the Lord. He taught me to always be the greatest servant you could be for Jesus Christ. And he lived that out, man. If he was working, if you saw him at Walmart, if you saw him at church, he was the same guy. And he did everything he could and continues to do everything he can for the glory of the Lord, to be the greatest servant he can be. Mark 9 and 35, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all the servants of all. Can I encourage you this morning to be the greatest servant you can be? Leading in God's kingdom is done through, through service. It's not about being at the top, but it's about just doing anything you can, anything you're willing to do for the kingdom of God. Number three, you see, God sets the expectations for leaders. God sets the expectations for leaders. It's not just our church that has standards for leadership. Scripture teaches us or sets the bar high for conduct and holiness for every believer. As seen in our membership covenant, if you have read that over the last couple of weeks, and especially for leaders who are setting the example. I think in your handout, read with me 2 Timothy, or don't read with me, but follow along. 2 Timothy 2, 15 through 21. Do your best to pr present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If anyone cleanses himself from what is, uh, from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Let me tell you, God sets the expectations for leadership. It's not something that Rod... Robert or myself or our church comes up with, but Scripture sets the expectations for leaders. Look at the fourth one right here. God blesses faithfulness. God blesses faithfulness. Often we, we get focused on whatever we think are wins and losses in life. But godly servants, listen to this, godly servants and leaders focus more on being faithful and leaving the results up to God. I want to share this with you, and you've heard me say this many, many, many times, and I'll say this till the day I leave this church or the day that I die. When Beth and I came in this church almost three years ago and stepped our, foot, our feet in that room for the first time on a Sunday night with a group of students, God spoke to me very clearly. I did not hear him audibly, but he spoke very clearly in my spirit, and he said, you do two things. He said, you love these students, and you be obedient to me, and I will take care of the rest. He said, you be a big man. I was overwhelmed. I'm going to be honest with you. Let me be real with you just for a minute. I stepped foot in that room, and you've heard me say this before, but I thought to myself, you're not educated enough to do this. You're not smart enough to do this. You're not good enough to do this. You can't handle this. All these things was running through my mind when I stepped foot in that door. And God gave me a peace that only God can give, and he spoke very clearly. He said, you be obedient to me, and you love these kids. Genuinely love them. You know, most of our kids and students today just genuinely want somebody to love them. Church, that's the truth. 
They just want somebody to love them. They don't want anything extra. They don't want money. They don't want, they, they don't want anything extra. They just want somebody that'll hug them when they want a hug. They just want somebody to talk to them when they need somebody to talk to. They just want somebody to love them. But God told us to be faithful in those two things. I am a firm believer that God blesses through faithfulness. God blesses through faithfulness. I want us to understand that when we are good stewards of the opportunities God gives us, He blesses us with more. Matthew 25 and 21 says, Well done, you have been faithful over a little. Very familiar verse that many of you know. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Number five, and I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. i got a little bit more, but I'm going to ask them to come on up. Let's stay focused in our books just for a little bit as they come up. Number five, we track our, or we track, we have a track to, to leadership. Our church has a track to leadership. Just like we want to help you move forward in your discipleship journey, we also want, we genuinely want to help leaders develop into who God has called them to be. Our ministry team leadership structure looks like this. All right? Maybe in your book. If it's not, it's on the screen. But teammate, leader, director, staff pastor, and lead pastor. Level one, we like to consider a teammate. That's somebody that's on the team leading self or doing a task. Level two, we like to consider a team member or team leader, I'm sorry, leading a team of five or ten teammates by example. Level three, we like to call them a ministry director, leading and serving three to four team leaders. Level four is a staff pastor, leading and serving two to three ministry directors. And level five is a lead pastor who is leading and serving pastoral and ministerial staff. Listen, church, when I say this, the pastoral staff and our leadership teams are preferably focused on where God is leading our church for His glory. Not for our own gain, not for our own church, but man, we, I know it's been a long process over the last four weeks, but I believe it's been a good process. There were many months, you can ask our pastor and our worship pastor, there were many months of prayer and consideration and staff meetings, looking at this material, seeking God, what would you have for us to teach our congregation? What kind of, what kind of model do we want to put out as a church? Gather, grow, give, and, and go. But we are preferably considering where God is leading our church, not for the sake of us, not for the sake of our church, but for the sake of Jesus Christ. And church, as we go, listen, as we go, we invite you to go alongside us. And as Robert begins to play, uh, we invite you to go alongside of us. And there are some next steps. Okay, we're going to give an order call in a minute. But there are some next steps that we believe you can take and we want you to take. All right? So I, 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 let me say this. I don't care. Where's my daughter at? She's in fifth grade. Ethan's fourth grade. All right? So I know there might be somebody younger than that in here. And I ain't dare going to guess the oldest one in here, okay? But I don't care what age you are. You can take a next step in serving the kingdom. Young or old. And we want to help you do that. So there's some next steps that we want to help you take. And, and in your workbook, we, we give you some next steps that we would love to help you take as you gather, grow, give, and you go. And the first one, commit to praying for our church. Now, I shared earlier, man, if you can't do anything else, if you ain't nothing but a couch potato, all right, if you can't do nothing else, you can pray, right? Commit to praying for our church. Not for our church growth, but for the kingdom growth. Are you with me? For the kingdom growth, for the sake of the, the kingdom. If you're going to make a difference, listen, it must start with us all praying together. All praying together. Number one, commit to praying for our church. Another next step that you can take, start inviting people that you know. Start inviting people that you know. Invite your family members, your friends, co-workers, classmates, neighbors. How many of you don't even know your neighbor? When's the last time you've seen your neighbor, like your actual physical neighbor that lives beside you? Hey, I'm guilty of that too. i got people that live all around me that I don't even know their name. Can you be intentional about that? 
Church, the truth is God wants to use you to reach and influence someone else. Start inviting people that you that you know. I, listen, I don't know about you, but but outside of outside of this and and, and everything else that goes on, Pastor Rod, I have fun here. I have fun at church. I enjoy coming and, and worshiping corporately and, and, and hearing our worship team play and worshiping Jesus and, and being with friends and talking. And, and when, I get to, when I get home, my mouth's tired because I talk a lot, all right? But I enjoy it. I enjoy being in a part of a family. And I, won't, and I know I could do better, but I wanna, I'm going to start inviting people that I know. That's the second step that you can take. third step you can take is take the initiative to step out. Take the initiative to step out. We want to help you take whatever step God is calling you to take next. Can I tell you that God's not done with you until you die? God can always use you here on earth while you're here. So some big questions, very quickly, that we all must ask are this. Where is God calling you to go? Who is God calling you to invite? And how is God calling you to lead? I'm going to go back and look at those again. Where is God calling you to go? Who is God calling you to invite? And how is God calling you to lead? Man, as you stand to your feet this morning, and the worship team's going to sing, whatever it is, listen, we are here to help but but it, it has to start with you boldly taking a step we can preach we can teach all the time Pastor Rod but it takes you as an individual you as a follower of Christ stepping out boldly and taking a step so the altar is open I'm going to ask our, our pastor to come up front I'll be up front as well listen if you are ready to take a next step if you're ready to take a next step and you need help with that you come Maybe you, maybe you don't know what that next step looks like. All you know is that you want to take a step. You come and you talk to me or Pastor Rod. We want to help you help you do that. Listen to this. If you desire to be a part of, of this church family at Sherall First Baptist and be a part of this discipleship journey, listen, you come. And lastly, maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Listen, I would never teach or never preach a sermon without giving an opportunity for somebody to surrender their lives to Jesus. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Him today and you want to make today the day. I want you to come. As our worship team sings.